Welcome, everyone. This is PlantTherapy.Live coming at you again this week and live once again. My name is Ray. And I'm Pache. And we are back again with you this week for episode uh, three, which is a great episode this week. Uh, Pache said on uh, numerous couple of different uh, podcasts that we did, you know, this is when science meets art. So tonight we're going to get deep into that, which is kind of exciting. Uh, but first, of course, we are live on Twitch and YouTube. So hello to you all out there. Uh, and be sure to visit us at planttherapy.live for our links to our Spotify and iHeartRadio channels. You can listen directly from our website as well. And we're on Facebook. Uh, just search planttherapy.live and give us a like. Whether you're a first-time listener uh, and a beginner grower, um, be sure to go back and listen to Season 1. We have lots of good stuff there. Pache, hello. Hey, man. How's it going? Oh, top shelf, man. We're having a great day. Um, all beautiful things happening in my garden, you know, so that's something that really lifts the spirits uh, of the day. I'm sure everybody uh, shares the same kind of feeling. Uh, a um, lot of time I in do- the garden, except... Today wasn't necessarily uh, an enjoyable day in the garden. Today was a labor day. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so we'll, we'll we'll get an update here in just a few minutes. Um, I have a question for you. What's that? Our recipe for a home run show is our number one show on iHeartRadio. What are your thoughts on that? Is it now? Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, it you know it was uh, a fantastic show. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun and. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it really, it, it was a show that really meant a lot to, to both of us. Because um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't like, like, you know, I've got the picture up on uh, on the screen and it's just a five by five canopy of, of Bud uh, Colas. And uh, I wouldn't have that without your guidance. And uh, so, yeah, it, uh, it, it really kicked off sort of my gardening career, if you will. Absolutely, on a good, to set, be able on to a good sh- note. Yeah, and to be able to share that information uh, with our listeners, I think that you know that's the really the the whole the whole theme of this entire adventure, uh, which is uh, awesome. So, just wanted to kind of throw that out there. And we are still adding new listeners every day on the map. We have more listeners now in Ontario, more in Nova Scotia, and so many states, um, so many states in the U.S. that I'm kind of losing track <laughs> of uh, of them as they pop up you know it should have been something i tracked a little bit closer but maybe we'll make a list and, and quickly go through it uh some well, just you know let's make a, a list because out. i um i don't know when you started telling me uh, a week or so ago about all, all the different places i um i, I was genuinely surprised uh, and i still am um it's it's hard to believe that anybody else besides us uh, <laughs> listens to us <laughs> and what's what's what what is striking me the most is we've added a listener from asia uh from malaysia um, cool. so Welcome. yeah so you know that's just a bunch of different continents and uh kind of losing track of everything but it's great to see that uh, we have listeners popping up from everywhere glad to see that there's so many people out there that share the same interests as you and i so well no matter um, where you are in the world people like to smoke weed and get high yeah absolutely and i mean that's part of it right but a lot of it's now medicine too though right Right, a lot, a lot of medicine uh, happening, and just the act, you know, once people kind of get their first grow under their belt and really start to have a little bit of success and sit back and reflect on, you know, w- what they did and and how much cannabis they got for their own consumption and how economical that may have been, it's something that, you know, is very intriguing to a lot of different people, so we are very satisfied to have everybody along for the ride. Uh Really, I'd like to get an update from uh, from you, Pache. Uh, how you making out? Did you have a big week this week, or so what week you on now? Uh, sort of. T- today, this week felt like a, like a rebuilding year uh, in hockey, for example. So today, I'm I'm sort of getting ready. I'm I'm getting to the end of my veg stage, and it's been a long run. So I'm. You know, halfway through week twelve, and so that is a very long veg stage. Um, although for me, uh, this is my third grow, and this is normal. 
So I don't know how to do it any other way. Um, but I build a real solid base um, in order to hold and, and build big, solid, dense nugs. Um, yeah, and look, and let's just you know, for people that may not have listened to every single podcast that we've done, you know, you grew two friggin' pounds a week on your first adventure. Like, you know, it's not like one of your things that you had to do was to sit down and figure out how to be more productive. It's not. You you immediately get leveled up to the let's explore and have fun phase because I already got enough weed <laughs> in the jars to float me till my next crop is done. Right. So well, your starting <laughs> position for this might be different from somebody else, but I just kind of wanted to. Throw that out there, okay? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, until I had a little bit of a stockpile, um, enough to carry me through, where I, I don't have to purchase elsewhere anymore. Um, you know, my next time I, I harvest is going to be probably right around the new year, which means I won't be able to even smoke any of that until the first of February because I wanted to go through that uh, drying and curing process. Um, although I could smoke it. Um, I don't want to, and I don't even include it. it. So in my mind, not until the curing process, the, after that initial 30 days, um, that's 30 days after the dry at that. Um, I won't even, I won't even taste test it. You know, I, my curiosity is just, oh my, it's just, I'm busting at the seams. You know, you're just itching. You've waited so long to grow this. <laughs> I can just imagine. Uh, oh my God. It's, it's so hard to, to hold back and, and to sort of have a discipline, you know, you just want to try it. But I know when the first time I, cause I did that with my second grow, um, Thelma and Louise, and I didn't taste those two until after the 30 day cure. And oh man, it was so good. It was so sweet. Um, yeah. So I, from that point on, I don't want to be disappointed. Um, I know how good it's going to be. Um, so I'll just wait. So, so where are you at with these purple kush? So this is where I'm at. So halfway through week 12, um, I've topped three times. So uh, I'm getting very, very close. I'm, I'm looking at doing maybe one more topping at the most. Um, and And that's going to be about two weeks before I, I switched to flower. Um, so, and right now I, I'm still having some of the, some issues with my, uh, the runoff. My pH is still a bit low, so I don't want to f switch to flower until I get that part sort of locked down. Um, and that's one of the benefits of using a photo period instead of auto flower. You know, I get to control when I, I set that schedule, right? Um, yeah, so that this is where I'm at. I'm uh, I'm watering every now four days. Um, they're in five gallon pots. I've got four plants going, and, uh, and and they've got a nice base, real nice base. And I'm covering about four by four of my five by five canopy. And uh, overall health is good. Overall health is, is good. Um, the, a nice solid green. I'm not seeing signs of deficiency anywhere. Um, so although I so feel like I'm, I, I'm fighting that pH, I feel like the plant is telling me... I want you to do me a favor. What's that? I want you to do me a favor moving forward. I don't, I don't want you to be so focused on your runoff being a little bit low if it's not showing you a problem. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, the last time the last time you had a problem, and that was where we troubleshot to focus to. Yes. That ended up being one of the solutions. But in this case, where, I mean, it's great that you realize that it's there it's great that you're doing something to keep it from going too too low mm -hmm. and it still might be a little low and a little outside of your comfortability zone but i don't want you to be so hyper focused on that if your plant is not having you know a specific issue or, or showing you a problem up above so i just kind of want you to keep that in mind just as some wise advice moving forward Okay, I will absolutely uh, take that into account, and and I'm actually watering. I was watering before the show, and I'll be watering after the show. I'll be continuing my watering, and I will be measuring my runoff, um, and that will sort of tell me where I'm trending. So have you know have I leveled off? Am I starting? Is my pH starting to rise back up? You know, is me adding lime to the soil um, doing the trick? You know, or am I continuing to drop? You know, is something else going on? 
Um, also curious to know too as well, and this is a question that gets uh, asked a lot, um, specifically with the Spider Farmer SF four thousand. Currently now, what is your light intensity and and light? You know what uh, what height is it? Is it hung at uh, above the canopy? Just a couple of pieces of information. Sure. So um, right now, uh, as of this morning, before I did any labor, um, I was probably about 35 inches above the canopy. So that is a little bit above, uh, a little bit higher, a little bit more space than they recommend. But I'm actually looking to stretch the the plant a little bit um, and really make it reach because I really want to cover that 5x5 square um, trellis net that I'm going to be putting up. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's what I had this morning. Now that I've got some uh, up on platforms, because what I've noticed is not all four, they didn't grow at the same rate. Um, I have one that's really, you know, maybe three, four inches shorter than the tallest one. Uh, maybe actually five or six inches now that I think about it. I'll have to look at my photos. Um, and then I've got two that are more in the center. Um, so I had to make platforms and put the short one up on the tallest platform. That way, when I switch the flower and I get them into the trellis net, everything is even. The canopy is even, which is really all I care about. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, and so then what I've done is uh, I had to pull everything out, clean the tent. Um, I I washed everything down um, because I'm now getting ready to end this cycle and start anew. So I want to make sure once, because once the net is in place, like you said, um, everything's sort of locked in place and, you know, I I don't want to be, I'm going to have to clean later, um, but I want to sort of start from a a nice, clean, fresh slate, um, get sort of all my ducks in a row. Um, and then I, I got my all my plants sort of situated where I want them to be, where I think I want them to be. Uh, every couple hours I'll go in and look and maybe adjust one here a little bit, adjust one there a little bit. And so tonight after the show, I'm going to put the trellis net in and uh, drop it down a little bit. And then I'm going to start low-stress training the plants to sort of um, grow sideways. And, and that's how mm-hmm. you get all those uh, high-quality um beautiful nugs absolutely you know that's a absolutely great update are you still using uh diablo nutrients absolutely uh, i just got my new bottle of CalMag, and they've gone to a white bottle now from the black so that's a new update um <laughs> but I, and i'm getting very close i'm still using the um the micro the grow and the bloom and then i use the um CalMag as well and then the Monster Max for the that root uh, enhancer. I uh, get those mic- microbes mm-hmm. going in the soil. Um, and then very, very soon I get to start adding the um, the molasses, the, the curb. I feel like there's so much good information tucked in there that we should really explore that in detail on one of the upcoming uh, podcasts. Absolutely. Know, with regards Let's to put it in the list. Yeah, feeding schedules, right? Like some real, because I know that that's a lot of questions that, uh, that that people ask as well. You know, like what should I be getting, and what, how much, you know, nutrients should I give them in the beginning? So I think that that's a really good topic of conversation moving forward. Absolutely, um, lift, lift your up- po- plants, lift your pots. You know, if uh, if they're easy to lift and they're light, they're they're thirsty. Absolutely. Um, that's my go-to, <laughs> you know, there's no real true way to tell other than that, right? <laughs> Anything else is just your, is a guess. Yeah. And you get to know, um, you know, you get to know, you know, <laughs> um, my update this week, uh, you know, it was pretty good. You know, I came into tonight's episode, you know, kind of walking on a cloud. I'm really feeling good about this grow. Uh, I feel in control of this grow. It's just what I'm looking for. You know, this was kind of part of the plan in the beginning was to use this new system that I have and uh, play with it a little bit, try a couple of different types of genetics. Uh, And now that I've kind of dealt with some of the adversity um, with powdery mildew, you know, with the first grow and whatnot, um, 
they're really taken off. The the plants that I have in here already are starting to show flowers now. Uh, so it's going to be a much smoother grow now that I'm more prepared with the previous information uh, from all the other grows. So uh, I was able to figure out also, which is awesome, I had to get this video feed that I have for the camera uh, in my tent. Uh, I was able to get this linked to the computer system here. So I think next week we'll take a few minutes and uh, I'll share the live video feed to my flowering chamber with uh, our listeners that are going to be listening on YouTube and Twitch. So just something fun to kind of take a peek in in live and and see how they're doing. Do you know what? You should, uh, uh, just, just as a note, because you do have a camera set up, uh, I wonder if we, uh, what about ever putting a, a live stream or a live feed uh, from the website into your into your tent? No. You know that's probably well, yeah. that's probably something that, that that could happen. You know, we'll have to yeah. Well, let's talk we'll about that. Talk about that. Yeah, on the list. Absolutely, a <laughs> great idea. Um, but yeah, so the neem oil, right? I really want to talk about this because again, I struggled with powdery mildew in the first couple of grows, and this neem oil's been a champ. Um, never used it before. Never really had to use it before. Just for some reason, in this type of situation, I, I, I'm prone to it, or maybe it's the genetics or whatnot. But uh, I've been dealing with it, and the neem oil, using it preventatively, of course, in the beginning, I used it on the next generation uh, of clones. It's really worked. Um, I'm going to say at this point, it's probably worked with about 98% efficiency. I did pull five fan leaves off today that uh, had, you know, very first signs uh, of powdery mildew. Um, but it's something that I was able to get very quickly. Uh, I did the, you know, pruning and I removed a lot of the, um, well, not a lot of, but a small portion of the larger fan leaves at the top of the canopy to allow light to get uh, penetrated a little bit deeper and uh, lollipopped uh, up probably the first two feet two and a half feet of the plant anyway so uh, more to come on that but you know i've been able to get a chance to try you know after curing some of the white widow and um some of the yeah but it's the it's uh, the mint chocolate chip that's your that's your baby though yeah so and you know here's what i'm noticing really there's a now that i've had a chance to like you know first puff of the day both both of them over time you know share it with a couple of different people get their opinions i feel like growing the white this white widow and this mint chocolate chip on the exact same schedule and harvesting at the same time is not the right thing to do with this combination because i feel like the white widow could have went another week and i feel like maybe the mint chocolate chip went a week too long oh really interesting yeah so there's a bit of a disparity disparity there between the days but but um moving forward i'm only going to go with mint chocolate chip anyway so next time around uh that's not going to be an issue i'm still going to harvest you know the same way i did this this last uh, crop with the same combination because really at the end of the day i ended up with one that's good for daytime and i ended up with one that's good for evening so uh, i really can't complain about right exactly so um it's been uh so it you know I really felt good today when I left. I felt like I could finally, you know, uh, leave with a little bit of peace of mind knowing that uh, I've really got things dialed in now. Um, pH drifts uh, in my reservoirs are pretty much non-existent now. Um, haven't really done too much to change it other than really up in my game of beneficial bacteria. And we'll do an in-depth conversation on just that alone because that's a whole other topic. Um, But... You know, I really wanted to alert everybody to what's going on on the internet. I mean, we got rippers out there, Pache. Yeah, I've been hearing about some funky stuff going on out there. (laughs) The rippers are loose, man. So they're out there ripping plants. These are guys that go out and steal plants, right? These are kids that go out and take take plants that aren't aren't mature. Imagine them doing all that work and then what? Oh, man right That's... you know and it's a sh- it's a shame there's nothing i hate more than a ripper the only thing i can hope is that karma will 
do its thing in the future and maybe that person won't rip anymore oh man that's all we can ask for but uh you know it's definitely a travesty when you've <laughs> had something so all summer and keep an eye on your plants uh folks if you're close to harvesting there's probably mm-hmm. going to be somebody if you're outdoors there's going to be somebody looking around maybe keep an eye out that's right if you have you know a yard that kids kind of walk through and cut through you know make sure they're hidden you know the best you can do it's it's a really difficult type of situation i did see one guy on the internet one time he uh basically went to like the dollar store and he purchased a bunch of plastic flowers and clothespins and he went on his plants and 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 put all these flowers over so so <laughs> he disguised he walking in disguise yeah his... disguise them <laughs> but it's important to talk about because this guy obviously was pushed to his like okay yeah, this is no, enough right I... these guys are taking my plants so so this is what he did you know and he took a picture and posted it on the internet we all had a big laugh but i'm it picturing was, like it the, was the the fake uh, nose and the mustache and the, and the glasses on your bud Yep, absolutely. <laughs> but he so did it was totally in that and posted them. Yeah, it was hidden in plain sight, and uh, he got lots of uh, lots of kudos on there for the way he handled that type of nice. adversity. And uh, it was thinking outside the box, right? Because we got to do sometimes. We got to do what we got to do sometimes. Um, I used to be a very avid gorilla grower, and we'll get into that in another episode. Uh, lots to talk about there. Not enough time to do it tonight because first we have all kinds of other things to talk about. It's time for question of the week. That doesn't get old. <laughs> I don't know why the trumpets make me laugh every time because I forget about them. I know. And, 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 and then I hear them. And I'm like, ooh, that's right. He went all in. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, checking out the different forums. Uh, the online forums are a buzz with uh, a lot of what do I do now questions. So I just harvested. Now what? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to talk a little bit about trimming and drying and sweating and manicuring and curing. And uh, yeah, so Ray, why don't you jump in with uh, a little bit of info? Yeah, so I love the fact that we're looking at the uh, at the sites and stuff to see what kind of questions are trending, right? That's why we did the when to harvest last week, because there was a ton of people talking about when to harvest, right? Now that we got that that out there, why not prepare everybody with uh, what to do moving forward? Because that question's being asked as well. Um, so let's break it down, right? Let, let's go through it. And, you know, we've lightly touched on some of these topics in some of our uh, other podcasts from a beginner's perspective. Um, but really uh, important topics uh, here to talk about uh, tonight. But trimming, uh, different ways to trim. You know, I've only hand trimmed myself. I've never uh, operated a, a machine, but there are machines that you can use to, uh, to to trim. There's ones that you can, they have a little handle on them, and you can use manual spinning to kind of spin the blade and chop those up. I've heard people have had success with those online, but they do kind of get gummed up uh, pretty quick and require a little bit of cleaning, and they have electrical ones as well. Uh, but these things, you know, have you ever seen them, Pache, online, uh, these trimming machines? I've seen a couple of them, uh, you know, maybe two or three, and they've all been sort of handhelds. Um, they bang around the buds so much. You know, the buds are spinning and bumping and spinning. and gr- You know, I just, you know, I, I, I've always come from a trimming perspective of trying to, you know, treat, <laughs> treat the buds with care. Uh, you go through all that time and effort to to get to this point you know it just seemed like that was the smartest thing to do was to treat them and not to overhandle them right exactly yeah uh, no it's also little different situation right because our goals are different than i think the people that are using the trimmers the the electrical trimmers because i think they have so much totally yeah that's totally valid and that's my next point right if you have to process a lot of yeah it's way more economical to do it this way, but it, I'm sure it is at the cost of a little bit of potency. Oh yeah, absolutely, it has to be. absolutely. It has to be. No, but if you're not right. the one smoking it, it's not as big a deal, I suppose. 
true enough. Um, but for us uh, regular folks well, who are growing, I just uh, you know I like to learn and go through the process and gain the experience. But you know I, I handle mine with um, gloves. You know those latex gloves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the best trimming shears that uh, I've used are those Friscas ones. Everybody's seen them before, I'm sure. They've got the uh, you know the needle nose on the top, and they have they're spring loaded. So I, I like the spring loaded. Af- yeah, after you crunch it in and actually make the snip, the spring engages, and it does half the work by you know putting it opening the back the, up for you. Oh, yeah, opening them back up, spreading the handles. Uh, so those are the ones that are my go-to, um, and they really help out. Like you might not notice it right away if you're using manual scissors, but when you get into the eighth round and the ninth round and the tenth round of trim jail, you are going to be very thankful if you've got yourself a pair of friskas. Let me tell you, because your hands can get pretty cramped, uh, and it can really slow you down. But most of us home growers are using uh, hand trimming, uh, and with that, I mean, you got a couple of different choices, right? You can you can trim dry, uh, or you can trim wet. My personal preference is wet trimming, and mine's dry. Uh, uh, yeah, I do not enjoy dry trimming, uh, which I have been forced to do on several different occasions, just due to sheer volume of harvest, and it had to be all harvested at the same time. You just can't trim it fast enough. So I've been in situations like that, but I don't like it. Uh, on my last harvest, as I talked about, I took it one step further, and I actually took my branches and dunked them in water after harvest, and this allowed me to trim without anything being sticky, right? Didn't get any scissor hash uh, this time, didn't uh, have sticky hands uh, anything like that didn't have to use gloves so i thought that was very interesting it was something hmm. i had read online and 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 used it and any concern well talk like about with it. mold or anything like that if you're no everything tickety boo there, there was no i'm smoking it now and there's no difference right hmm. they're smoking it now and there's no difference whatsoever versus doing it or, 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 or not doing it so uh i'll take that as a win now am i gonna do it all the time mm, probably not I mean, my favorite thing is uh, scissor hash when, when I'm trimming. So, mm. you know, I won't get any if I, mm. if, if I do it all the time. But I tried it, and it works, and those are the benefits to it. Am I going to do it all the time? I don't know. But either way, I'm going to wet trim if I can. If I can control it, I'm definitely going uh, for a wet trim. Um, but some genetics are a pleasure to trim, right, because they have a good leaf-to-bud ratio. Uh, so if you're lucky enough to get one <laughs> that uh, a phenotype that that has a really good ratio then it's some are just real easy to trim some are a nightmare to trim if you give your plants too much nitrogen late late into flower um they they will actually cause your flowers to 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 put a bunch of leaf out because it has nowhere for that excess nitrogen nitrogen to go uh which is kind of crazy so we have control over that um when we're when we're growing our cannabis um, but you can minimize the amount of unhappy trimming that you have to do by being uh, diligent with pruning your plants, right? Uh, day 21 and day 40 are pretty much the, the, the two markers that I use. Uh, no one wants to trim chump nugs, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, there's nothing worse. Uh, me and B, lots of trimming over the years, right? Sitting in his, uh, his place and, you know, throwing these tiny little airy, nugs every once in a while and into the container and saying "Hmm," you know chump nugs that's that's when we started really using that term no one wants to trim them it's disheartening being stuck in trim jail and having nothing but chump nugs you know it's just uh you know enough said on that thing to avoid trimming with dry trimming and it, it this you know with four plants it's probably a little easier to manage but if you've got a huge crop a medicinal crop uh, um, commercial crop or whatever with and if you're dry trimming everything you can make a big mess moving this stuff around right um lots of little bits of weed and dry stuff chips off and flies all over, over the place i've lived it like a jungle you know and uh, the when the trikes get really dry uh, they can chip and fall off as well. But this is how they make dry sift hash, right? By uh, by doing this stuff. So, but my preference is wet trimming, and uh, this is coming from my experience, right? But I do understand other people have other preferences, and that's totally awesome. Whatever suits your needs is what you do, and uh, that's the way we like to have it here. At Plant therapy, um, 
But uh, after we've got everything trimmed up, Pache, what are we kind of looking to do next? So then now what, what I use, and I use a dry tent. So, yeah, and it's really all about removing the moisture from the plant slowly. You want to get rid of that chlorophyll, which brings that harshness on your throat when you're smoking it. Uh, you, you want to preserve preserve that flavor and that smell, uh, and you want to also preserve that overall experience. And not everybody's using their 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 tents, you know. As I've seen people do it, I've seen people do it, but then I've also seen people ask the question online, like, "Where do I dry?" Right? Um, and you just dry in your definitely. in your basement, don't you? Yeah, I just dry in the room that 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 the tents are in because it's a smaller room, and uh, you know it's humidity controlled and and temperature controlled, so I can just and that's what you want, right? you know. Be, yeah, exactly. That's what you want. So I mean, myself personally, I wouldn't look, I wouldn't seek to use my tent because I want to put that tent right back in production and, and get the next crop on on under under go, but. Um, I have the ability to do it in a room like that, but it's just something that a lot of people don't really consider, right? I mean, if if you're not looking to speed crop like I am, um, and you got some time, absolutely, right? It's a perfect opportunity. You control the environment throughout the grow. Why not control the environment throughout the the the, the drying and curing, right? Well, at least for drying, absolutely. And I've only done it twice. I have only grown to completion twice, um, so, and both times, you know, I didn't know where to where to dry yeah i didn't want to necessarily dry in in my garage uh, because there would be a lot of light leaks and it would be sort of hard to keep that um that 100 percent darkness which is what i i really shoot for um and so that's why i thought you know i'm just going to put it in my three by three tent um i've got two six inch oscillating fans i've got one on the ceiling one on the floor um i don't point either of them at the uh, at the plants in any way, um, you know the one on the floor. I point a little bit towards the floor. The one on the ceiling. I point a little bit towards the ceiling, um, and I don't turn them on very very much. You know, I maybe twenty percent. Um, I sort of get a feel for it, and uh, yeah, and I use sort of clothes hangers, and I hang them from the support bars in the tent. Uh, I also use zip ties to hang the branches from the hangers. Um, this is the part I like. Yeah, well, and now if I hung all the branches from the hangers with, you know, sort of one zip tie, uh, they'd all be the same length and they'd all be touching, right? Um, so what I do is I will have one hanger with um, zip ties on either end and then one branch connected to the zip tie for balance. And then the next hanger will have two zip ties, almost like a chain. And so it will hang down, you know, a little bit lower than the first hanger. Uh, And then I will alternate. So when I put them in the tent, I'll put sort of a short one and then a long one and then a short one and then a long one. Um, Or if I have a lot, I'll I'll do three, like a short, medium, and long, and then back to a short, medium, and long. Um, And actually, hang on one sec, I'll... uh, For those of us that are on... YouTube. I'm going to put up. So there's my dry tent there, and you can see the hangers. And I've got one zip tie sort of hanging there, and then I'll bring up. So that's another one. So here is my dry tent, and it's full. So you can see that some of them are up higher. Other ones are hanging down lower. And then up top, you can see my 6-inch oscillating fan, and it's not pointed anywhere near the plant. It's just moving the air up at the top of the the tent. And then I have another 6-inch fan sitting on the floor, and that's just moving the air down at the bottom, making sure no stagnant air is left in the tent. so just for I just want to create a mental picture for our listeners uh, without video. Uh, so basically, he's using the plastic um, hangers. He's using the 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 zip ties daisy chained together at different lengths to hang all of the branches of the plant at different lengths. I love it. 
Yeah, uh, it works really well. And then I've got my I have my AC Infinity um, exhaust fan. It comes with a sensor, and so I have that sensor hanging right in the center of everything. Um, and so when the humidity gets too high, it, the fan turns on, it pulls the moisture out, it recirculates the air. Um, and so I haven't had any issues with mold in any way, shape, or form. I've been so lucky. It's been, it, it works so well, I just don't see myself doing it any other way. Um, although I'm, I'm always open to improvement. Um, yeah, so I, I absolutely love this. And then, you know, I, I I will also check. And when I, you, you do that bend and the snap of a branch, um, and sometimes the outside ones might be more ready or will ready get ready faster than the ones on the inside. Um, so then I just take that branch off um, and then I, I'm ready to uh, put it into the jar. Awesome. And I mean, one thing everybody's got to really pay attention to is not to overdry, right? Absolutely. Because what you're doing is you're, you're pulling the, the moisture out of the plant, and then you're going to actually be reintroducing some moisture um, once you get them into the glass jar. So it's a real interesting bouncing act. And that's where the science turns into art, or where science meets yeah. art. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm realizing, right, because, like, during draw, so it occurred to me, Pache, it occurred to me, when you and I were getting together for this episode, we were kind of, like, sweating. Hmm, well, we do it this way, I do it this way. Well, we do it differently because I'm wet trimming and you're dry trimming, and, of course, those processes are going to be different. Um, so when I kind of talk about sweating here for a few minutes, I'm going to have to talk about it from a wet trim perspective and a little bit of a dry, dry trim perspective, because as I, as I was listening to you talk, it kind of occurred to me that, you know, there is a difference here. So let's kind of break that down because, um, drying is one thing. Yes. So for, for, for the people out there that are wet trimming, um, at least myself specifically based, based upon, uh, experience, uh, what I do is I follow, of course, the same kind of process that Pache was showing there with hanging the, the plants to dry. Um, but of course I've trimmed mine while they were wet and I'll touch the outer surface of some of the flowers and when they start to feel a little bit dry to the touch, that's when I put them into uh, large paper bags. Uh, and then I seal up the paper bag and I leave them anywhere from about two, maybe two to four hours. And once I unseal that paper bag, all of the cannabis inside is basically not dry to touch anymore, right? You're basically redistributing the moisture by sealing it up in the paper bag like that. And then I let it dry again. And then usually the next day, within 24 hours, it'll start to feel a little bit dry to the touch again. And then, of course, I'll repeat the same process. And I usually do it about three times. After the third time, like the fourth time when I do it, there's really not much of a change. And I'm very, very close at that point um, to moving on to the next uh, to the next phase. But I, I do use uh, paper, and I suggest that everybody else does use, use paper too because um, you, you can get away with using plastic. I have used it a couple of times over the years, but I did find that the inside of the bags will get sticky. You know, the trikes will stick to the insides of the plastic bag, uh, and that can, you know, reduce the potency overall of, of your cannabis. So I tend to use uh, paper um, for that. So, uh, and then, of course, you just repeat that until uh, there's no change between when you put them in when to when you're taking them out. Uh, when I hit that point after sweating, that's when I move on to the next phase. But as I'm thinking from a, a, a dry uh, trimmer's perspective, right, you're going to harvest the branches, you're going to hang them up, and then you're going to leave them for a bit, then you're going to start to trim them, right? So the process is a little bit different. You're slowing the process down. That's right. By, by leaving those following leaves the, on. Right, I'm speeding the process up by pulling that moisture out faster. Right, 
and letting that dissipate faster, right? So it's two totally different perspectives. Yeah, it's really interesting. Which is totally cool. It, it is. Yeah, it is re- what's really interesting is it hadn't occurred to me because I'm really not a fan of dry trimming, so I generally don't spend a lot of my time thinking about it, right? So, And this is why it's a beautiful thing to get together and talk about it, and this is why it's a beautiful thing to share it with people that have the same interests as us, right? Because why, why not learn together? Yeah, right? absolutely. That, because you are going to give me tips and tricks and... Um, things that are going to just make my experience better. And so why would I not want to learn as much as I possibly can from you and anybody else that uh, that I possibly can? You know, I I might only be smoking um, the stuff for another 30 or 40 years. I want to make the best of it, right? <laughs> you make it sound like... Uh... <laughs> You know, so, such a long period of time when you say it that way. <laughs> it goes uh, by so fast. <laughs> but once we've uh, once we've you know got to the point where we can officially say we've we've completed the drying phase, what are we doing next? Well, when you when you finally get to that point where you're ready to put them into the glass jars, this is the the, the curing process where you're transitioning from drying to curing, and. So what I do is I use um, glass mason jars, wide mouth mason jars. Um, they're 1.9 liters, so they're big, big, big. And uh, I keep it in a cool, dark spot. Um, so in, in my house, there's a, a room that I use, the laundry room. It's around 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, but you're cutting, the, you're cutting the buds, you know, the flowers off the branches and everything, right? Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. So let me back up then. Um, so once my dry period is over, so I like to dry 12 to 14 days. And so I start out, um, you know, at about 60% humidity and I'll bring it down to about 50% humidity by the time I'm ready to take them out of the dry tent. And then when I'm taking them out of the dry tent, that's when I'm doing my trimming. And, uh, and so I find it pretty easy. I just, I turn the bud upside down and, uh, I find it, everything, the, the, Fan leaves have sort of withered and shrunk and shriveled. And uh, a lot of times I don't even need to use a trimmer. I'll just sort of, I've got my gloved fingers and uh, I'll just sort of pick the uh, at the leaf and it just sort of snaps off. Um, and, and I find I can get through a, a bud really, really quick. And I'm just like pick, 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 pick. And I'm just sort of twisting the bud around. Um, and, and then sometimes I'll, I'll need to use, uh, use the, the actual trimmer or the, um, my pruning shear and uh, get in there and, uh, sort of work the magic and make sure there's no scraggly, you know, leaves hanging around. Um, but yeah, that's when I like to do my trim that way. And I like to put it right into a paper bag and hang on. I got, I've got a picture here. So... And, you know, this is another kind of touching on that point of, like, where where science meets art, right? Um, because this is the point where you're going to show people that your cannabis was grown with love or not, right? When you take that little bit of time to trim it in tight to the uh, t- to the flower and to make sure that, you know, and maybe that's not your thing. And if that's not your thing, that's totally cool. But we all kind of judge uh, cannabis a little bit by, by looking at it, whether you're visiting a dispensary and it's all lined up in glass jars, you tend to gravitate towards cannabis that has a more of a, a jar appeal, right? It's something that, um, you know, looks good and doesn't have a lot of leaf attached to it. Uh, and it generally speaks um, on a little bit on behalf of the skill and the um, level of love that that cannabis was grown with. Absolutely. I, I mean, what, uh, what do you got on the screen? When there? I present my my harvest to friends, you know, I want to be proud when I when I do this, um, and and I'm I ask for harsh criticism too. Um, you know, don't tell me I've got uh, a nine point one when I really have an eight point nine. You know. I, 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 I don't want to hear that. If anything, if I have a 9.1, tell me I have a 9.0 or, or tell me I have a 9.1. Um, yeah. So that's, I don't like the fluff. Um, and you know, I don't want to also have tens right across the board and then have, you know, a, a rogue 9.9 or a nine out of 10. You know, I want, I, I put all this work and time and effort into getting it the best I can be, I, I can get. And so I, 
I'm not going to drop the ball at the uh, at the final yard line. So, uh, and anyway, so I do. Uh, I put I get them in this paper bag, and uh, I sweat them for about 12 hours. And uh, after that, they go into their glass jars, and uh, and that's I've in all my jars I've got a two way control pack like a humidity control pack 62 percent you can buy it on amazon and i also have a hygrometer so that also measures the temperature and the humidity um and so i have each of my mason jars has one of those in it um and so i i put them into a box and then i go into sort of the the next phase of the curing which is the burping process and you burp daily for a week and what burping is you each day i go in and i open the the jars and hang on one sec speaking of opening the jars let me just oh dear hang on red alert everybody we all know what happened the last time he opened a jar on the show oh hang on hang on oh ray it's so good (laughs) Oh, it's so sweet. Like, it's just incredible. Oh. Can you hear the echo? Oh, man. <laughs> my, oh, my. Man, it's just... Oh. It, I can feel it on the back tell of my every, neck. Tell everybody Tell everybody how you feel. <laughs> well, like I said, each time I smell this stuff... Oh, it, the and this is White Widow that I'm smelling here. And it's been curing. This stuff has been curing for at least a couple of months now. And... Oh man, it's just it it opens the nose right up and it's uh, it's not pungent at all. It's very sweet. It's very cool. It's very welcoming. And uh, when and it's and it and let's let's pa- I hate to jump, you know, jump in here while you're just Oh, just getting going, man. Get, getting <laughs> while you're just getting slippery. <laughs> but um, you know, it it it's like this because you've through this process that you're describing, right, you've preserved the terpenes and the flavonoids, mm, right? Oh, uh, do you know what? If you're not used to terpenes and flavonoids, you don't know what you're missing, man. Oh. Right? And and these are medicinal, too, right? Well, I don't uh, even have to smoke. It difference makes me feel good. Yeah, big difference between this stuff and, um, you know, stuff that people call hay. And what they're really saying is, is it was, it was rage dried, just hung to dry until it was dry. And that's it. Uh, and that's a lot of the time that's over dry. And then you lose these terps and you lose these flavonoids and, uh, you don't get this experience. Right. So, um, and you want this experience, believe me. So make sure for the first week when they're in your glass jars, you burp them every day. And now what I'll do is I'll look at the hygrometer, and if the humidity is above 65%, then I'm going to actually take them out of the jar, and maybe I'll even put them in back into the paper bag or something like that for half an hour or so. Um, but I'll, depending on what the humidity, a lot of times my humidity is really good, and it's, uh, you know, like I said, it starts out in around the 60% range. Um, so I'll just leave the jars open, um, if I leave them open and I don't sort of take them all out, um, then the next time or every third day, I'll actually take them all out, sort of move them around. I, I try not to jostle them too much. Cause like I said, each time you do that, you're, you're sort of damaging the trichomes a bit. Um, and you want to avoid that at all cost. So I like to burp for the first week. I'll open up the jars, let the, the moist air out and let the good air in, um, and I'll do that for about 15 minutes to, at the most, let's say an hour. And I'll do that once a day for a week. And then I'll do it the next second week. I'll do it every other day. And I'll do the exact same thing. I check the humidity and that will t- sort of gauge on how long I'm burping for. 15 minutes to maybe an hour at the most. Um, and then after the second week, I move to sort of a, a weekly burping. Um, and... At that point, I'm just sort of checking, and my humidity at this point will have gone from, uh, you know, my drying, when I was drying, it was around 50%. The humidity now, it would hopefully be back up to around 58%, 60%, because ideally, you'd like it in that range, um, because you want to keep it for a number of months, and because you're not even going to smoke it for, or taste it for 30 more days at that point. 
Um, and that's when I sort of, when they go into the glass jars, that's when my 30 day clock starts. Um, you know, I don't want to smoke I guess it's after, an, until that time period is gone. It's important to note here too, right? I mean, w- there's a lot of people out there that still do this successfully without the use of these little, these little devices, the uh, hydro hygrometers or whatever. Oh, they yeah, are that you s- to stick in the jars, the little LCD ones. Um, you know, you, you can work through this process, uh, just by feel and, and using your senses as well. But what Pache is describing is, you know, how he does it with a really high level of accuracy, which is really consistent with what a lot of other growers do online. Like I've seen people use this, and that's going to allow you to really um, know exactly what's happening. Uh, but when you get some experience uh, under your belt, you can pull this off um, just by feel and, and and with a bit of past experience as well. So you don't have to necessarily get as fancy. Just wanted to throw that out there. Absolutely. And also um, what I do is I'll, when I look at all my jars, um, the ones with the lowest humidity are the, will be the ones that I smoke first. Because the ones with the higher humidity that are around that 60% range, where you sort of, that's the, the optimal 60 to 62%, that's where I like to have it. Um, well, those ones, they're going to be good for a long time. I'm not going to worry about them yeah. turning to dust for quite a long time. Right. So, I, you know, if I've got something that's 60% humidity, another jar that's 50% humidity, I'm smoking the 50% humidity one uh, because it's, it's not going to get more moisture, more moisture in there. So... That's smoke that's before right. it turns to dust. That's right. You know, and if you pay attention to all of these things that we just talked about, right? You can really, um, when you're showing, when you're showing off, when you're showing your friends, you know, uh, when you're trying to get uh, an opinion from somebody uh, on how you did, right? This is these are the types of things that really um, give you the ability to to present something that is more like art and less like cannabis. And I think that was kind of the whole topic that we wanted to explore with uh, with this episode because you've used that that sentence a couple of times in some of our uh, previous ones. Um, so it was actually a great episode. You know, I, when we get to this point, I always want to talk about next week's show, but we don't really know yet, right? Like we talked about this a, a little while ago. Pache. Yeah, we never really know. We look and see what's trending and what people are talking about and what's interesting at the time. Um, you know, I, I'm hearing lately, you know, some people are going to uh, to some parties, uh, depending on what your situation is with, uh, with lockdowns and stuff like that. If you're able to get together in a safe way, um, uh, you know, I, I, my wife just had an experience where she went to a party and uh, people that would never, that she never thought would ever smoke, um, next thing you know, the, the topic turned to marijuana, and then next thing you know, there's gummies that are all on the table, and people are trying them, and they're cutting them up into quarters, and uh, next thing you know, everybody's <laughs> laughing and having a great time, and it, it was just so completely unexpected. And uh, so, I don't know, maybe we look at uh, something like that, first-timers or people just getting together in groups. Uh, but we'll see. We'll check the forums and see what's going on and see what people are interested in. Absolutely, you know, and that's that's I think is going to be one of our strengths. Strengths is to kind of allow what's trending, right, to lead us in the direction that we we should be going naturally. Uh, but again, more to come on next week's episode. Uh, but I just want to say thank you to everybody that's joined us uh, this evening once again. My name is Ray. And I'm Pache. And join us next week again live Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a great grow week, everybody.